Hello and welcome to the Spirit Guide Society podcast. My name is Pedro Shanahan and I'm your spirit guide. On today's podcast, we had Marca Negra Mezcal in the house with Miss Molly McGuire. We tried through all five of their marks currently available here in Southern California. It's an incredible education on all things Mezcal. Check it out and please remember to enjoy Mezcal and this podcast responsibly. That means don't just shoot it, sip it, baby. Life is short. Drink to remember, not to forget. She's gonna drink from the bottle, apparently. Oh yeah. All right, all right. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Molly, like, what, you're a Scottish girl from Minnesota? Exactly. How in the hell did you get in the position of selling people the spirit of Oaxaca? Right? I'm How did so that lucky. Happen? How did it happen? I, um, I was graduating from college at the time, and I got recruited to sell Xerox machines. But my beer guy, the rep, I used to work at a restaurant, he said, come sell beer for me. And I said, um, no, I'm going to go sell Xerox machines. I'm going to go into corporate America. It's going to be fabulous. We'll take two a year later. You can't get very passionate about Xerox machines. Don't you know? And uh, I called him up. And I was like, hey, Kevin Ryan, I'm ready to come sell beer for you. And he ends up being the president of Wirtz Beverage, Minnesota. And so I interviewed with all the vice presidents. And I got on the wine team, fine wine team. So that was 10 years ago now. And I just worked my way up and worked for suppliers and distributors. And here I am. Minnesota girl selling Minnesota-based spirits. Well, did you develop a passion for mezcal? What first I did. turned you on to mezcal? You know, it really started to be the cat's meow within the past 10 years, but I was in Vegas. I used to have Nevada as one of my markets, and my best friend at the time worked for El Silencio. And so um, she introduced me to mezcal and the spirit of Oaxaca, if you will. So that was three years ago, and I've just fallen in love ever since. So where is this mezcal produced? So Marca Negra is produced in Oaxaca, different regions of Oaxaca, but it is in Oaxaca. And uh, Marca Negra means the black mark, for those of you who don't know. And it's called that because when the mescaleros worked with the cooked agave, their hands turned black. So this is actually the handprint of the master distiller on the bottle. And I love this brand because it's actually a brand that people know and love and recognize in the market. So when I got this portfolio, this was the one brand that every person was so excited about. So like, oh, you've got the Mezcal with the handprint on it. And I was like, yeah, I sure do. How many cases do you want? No. <laughs> so, uh, But did yeah. you get a chance to go down there and check out some of these palenques where they're making it? Not yet. You haven't gotten That's to do that? That's the goal, though. I just hit my years? year. I just hit my year with this company. Okay, yeah. Okay. So. My goodness. Well, what is it? Is it one master mezcalero who's overseeing the blends that we're going to have tonight, or is it? It's one we've master got five distiller. Five expressions. So I'm wondering, are there five different master mezcaleros? That's a great question. There's one master distiller, and then he has other distillers below him. So all of these expressions have a different person. Some may overlap, but at the end of the day, it's a team effort. So. And do you know the names of the different villages that we're going to be pulling from these yeah. stores tonight? Yeah. So the Tobala, this is where we're starting. This is from San Luis del Rio in Oaxaca. Um, we wanted to start with this one because this is like your classic traditional mezcal with the taste profile. Um, it's got a little bit of sugar in there. Some people get apricot right off the nose. Wait a minute. Whoa, time out. Are you adding sugar to this distillate? No, I didn't mean it like that, but... Um, 
Did you just wink at her? Yeah. I winked at Stephanie because she's like, she helps me keep on track. She's my co-curator. Yeah, no, I love it. Stephanie should be mic'd up, I think. Well, she, um, she gives me the like, shut up, Pedro thing too, so. Yeah, no sugar is added, but when tasting all through these, this is like the classic mezcal that they like to say, just because there's a hint of sugar in there. Meaning it's sweetness. There's sweetness. no actual added sugar. Yes, correct. I'm going to be careful with my words here. You oh, yeah, yeah. Frame the conversation <laughs> for me. People want to know, because in the rum world, it's not, it's very traditional, actually, to add sugar or molasses after distillation totally. before bottling. I see where so you're coming from now. Yep. I, I, we must be specific. I will be specific and careful well, with the no, words. We're all about it, though. Yep. So, Tobala. Why are we starting off with the Tobala? Because for me, Tobala is like the queen of all agaves. And oh. like, I think of Tobala as like one of the most precious varietals out there. It is. Miguel, who works here, Miguel is Tobala. She's the queen, right? La Riena. She's the classic queen, so why not start with her, right? <laughs> I'm yeah. not going to argue. I She's just, like the Beyonce of all you know, mezcals. Once you dance with the queen, it's hard to step down, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So where is this Tobala made? This one is in the San Luis del Rio, right in Oaxaca. And do you know the name of the Masker Mescalero who puts this yes. Tobala together? Jorge Mendez. Jorge Mendez. Any clue as to how long Jorge's been making Mezcal? Because a lot of these Palenques are, are family. They're like, traditionally speaking, they're doing it the same way they've been doing it for generations, just for the people in their village. Yeah. They weren't trying to sell it outside of like their local farmer's market. Maybe they would venture to the, to the Chacalula farmer's market, which is outside of Oaxaca City. But really that would be the extent of who they were trying to sell mezcal to. Right. So. I do don't specifically know how long Jorge has been distilling, but I do know that it's a family tradition and this is a very traditional line. Okay. And that many times it's passed down from the grandfather to the father to the son. And so, with that being said, I can only think that it's just in his blood at this point. Well, if he's been drinking, then it's definitely in his blood. This is one we're going to have for quite some time. And, and you know, it's are they always using, want to carry. Are they using copper pot stills or are they using clay pot stills? Copper. They're using copper pot stills. Do you know, are they using a tahona to crush the agave? They are using the tahon, yep, and, the traditional method. And are they using like an earthen pit in order to cook those agaves in? Yes. And cypress wood. Cypress wood. Yep. That would be my next question. So stick your nose in this glass, breathe in gently through your mouth. Now to get at your head around these tobalas, like a full, a fully mature tobala might only be as big as like a volleyball. All right. Like often, that's full maturity to get it. So tobala can really impart a lot of those green inverted notes. Think of it in the way that a fruit, a large fruit, would have a lot of flesh on the inside. A smaller fruit, you're getting a lot more of the skin, so to speak. So a tobala, you're getting a lot of the flesh of the outside of the agave in the final kind of flavor. That's what's, I, I think of them as being really rich with those green notes, like it's really got a strong, verdant character. What are you guys getting as you smell this tobala from Marco Negra, pineapple? What else? Because you said sugar, and Kim just said pineapple, and that's sweet to me. Like, pineapple's a very sweet fruit. So I, that's what I, maybe I would frame Sometimes my... Sometimes apricot. Apricot, okay. Yeah, it's a little sweeter, yep. 
a little bit of pepper on the back end. So now tap it over your tongue, and how's that experience changed? She said that this tobala, these pinas are smoked with, what was the name of the wood again? Cypress. Cypress. So very, very different. So see if you can get at what that smokiness means. Do you know how long they're smoking those pinas? Uh, for this one specifically, it's anywhere from like, they could do two weeks, two to three weeks. Oh, in the, in the pit. Wow, that's yeah. a long time. It's all important. Yeah. Mezcal, in my opinion, you can think of mezcal as being kind of the, out of, people talk about terroir and wine. You're a wine girl, yeah. so nothing is more terroir to me than mezcal because you think about grapes, you can grow grapes in a single season. So in a period of like four to six months, you've got fully ripened grapes. That's just a few months. I'm talking about a tobala. A tobala might take 14 years to come to maturity. One piece of fruit surviving in the desert without anyone watering it or caretaking it in any way. These are harvested by the caballeros out there by hand in the wild. Okay, so it's got all the essence of the desert. Wherever it's from, it's soaking up the minerality from the ground. It's smoking up, it, it's soaking up that wild terroir. Like that is, if you want to talk terroir, there's nothing more terroir than this right here. This is distilled terroir, not like a fermented beverage. This has got all the character of the earth itself. What's the proof? The proof here is, drum roll please, 50.5 alcohol. 50.5, mm -hmm. all right. Well, I'm getting off of that cypress. I get like a certain like cigar ash. I get some tobacco notes and like an ashiness to it on the finish. This is really a unique tobala. Do you know how much this tobala is gonna run me at my local liquor store? If I was gonna buy a bottle from my home bar? Probably around uh, $95. Woo, oh, you guys are fancy. Well, it's just all because of, you guys of the here, process, you're all fancy too. It's a $95 bottle. Yeah, so it's that around means there. You can't really bathe in it, you know? Well, it's the process. It's small batch. It's super oh, premium. As you spoke to okay, it, it's very on. hard gonna, to grow. Molly, let me, let me help you out here a little bit. For one thing. Yes. Small batch is a whiskey term. That means literally nothing at all, okay? Okay. <laughs> um, this is made on a palinque, okay? Like, they're not worried about batches. They're doing it as they can. They. They harvest enough piñas to make a batch. Right. But I would think of it as, we, we think of it in the mezcal world, we think of it as being ancestral method, which usually means a clay pot and just whatever agaves they can gather. And then artisanal, which is probably what I would classify this mezcal as, which Correct. means like taking, taking the ancestral method and kind of building it or, or upsizing it horizontally instead of making it a bigger brand vertically you just basically try to replicate the character of your mezcal by making more of the same little stills we call that artisanal method and Got then it. there's we, we do industrial. call it small batch when we're selling it i mean that's how the owners i'm trying to help you, you right know, now. i get it i'm just saying right, the owners so. and the you know and then and then in terms of super premium Mezcals are, they're just that. They're ancestral, they're artisanal, or they're commercial. Super premium, let the tequila guys worry about super premium, okay? What is this second mark to come around here? Uh, we're doing the Dobadon. The what? Dobadon. Dolgadon? 
Well, Do uh, Dobadon, sorry, I'm hard some to Game understand. Of Thrones myths out here? What is this? Dobadon. Dolgadon. It's gonna... highly allocated. You can't find many of these out there. It's so highly allocated, we can't even say the name. What the hell? There's only a few other of these in the market, um, and that's just because it takes a long time for it to grow. Anywhere from eight to 14 years. Again, another one that's dry harvested, um, found in spots of minerality, usually on the sides of mountains. Um, really hard to get to and to get at. Usually they have to chop it down and it grows very, very small. Um, we're the only Dobadon at our distributor and there's no Dobadons at another very large distributor. I literally have two or three other Dobadons in the market. So this is the cat's meow, if you will, of Mezcal. Wow. Um, I've never heard of this varietal before, but that's not unusual. Because in, in rural Oaxaca, you've got different tribal language, traditional indigenous languages, village to village. You could be like only 20 to 50 miles away from a village and they will have a slightly different dialect. They may call the same plant by a different name. So it doesn't surprise me that Dogadon, you go to another village, it might be something called Eriquinum. That's, boom, Lauren with the Google powers. So it's a Mexicano. So a lot of the Mexicano, that's a large agave that often grows in the lowlands and they will grow really, they're, they're kind of like, if you've ever seen the, the Aztec or Toltec paintings of, of an agave, the, the goddess Maya, Maya well, she looks like a Mex Mexicana agave. She's like got big, crazy, wild, big, fat fronds. And she looks like she's like half plant, half goddess, like the Mexicana. So what are you guys getting as you smell this one here? Stick your nose in that glass, breathing gently through your mouth. So much larger plant than that Tobala. What are you guys getting? Citrus fruit? Boiled grapefruit. What are you guys getting? No wrong answers. What'd you say? I smell like uh, there's a cream. I smell something kind of like um, custardy, oddly enough, like, like boiled cream. Simmered cream. Little but then there's there. like definitely there's a little chili and ash. What are you getting yeah. on this, Molly? I love this one. This is actually one of my favorites. The Dogadon. Dogadon, yeah. Marca Negra. I and usually drink this in a gimlet. In a gimlet? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I mix it up so a little much... bit. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that this is amazing. I mean, it's I would great as is. I'm just saying, if oh, you yeah. want a cocktail with it, that's okay. what I usually do. Tomato, tomato, right? <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's all how you like it. Right. So who's the master mezcalero for this Dogodon? This gentleman is Alberto Ortez. And this one's from Santa Maria La Pia, Ooh. right in Oaxaca, so a different region. This is a lot more fruity than the first one to me. What are you guys getting as you tap that over your tongue? Share your experience. There's no wrong answers. This is a chance to kind of expand your minds. The chili, yeah, right? Cinnamon and lime. I get like arbol, like a roasted arbol chili, a little bit. But it's also very fruity and sweet. Miguel, what are you getting on this one? Apricots. Apricots. So he's getting the apricots on this one. Really, really a different style. The dagodon, so big, huge, Mexicana style agaves. And do you know about how many 
bottles these palinques, like this palinque, do you know how much they can produce per year? So this one's highly allocated. My first allocation was three cases for all of Southern California, and I sold through that. I got another three cases, sold through that, and now I have 10 cases for the market, and once that's gone, it's gone. Wow. So I was talking with Miguel that if you have a local store that you love, and if you like this one, go in and ask for it, because once it's gone, I don't know how much we're gonna get left. So 10 cases. 10 cases, that's for all of LA. Probably they're only, for all they're of only SoCal. They're only six packs, so, you know, it's not a full 12 pack case. 60 bottles. So, so we're talking about that ancestral method, or in this case, the artisanal method, they still can only produce a very small amount because it is still all wild-crafted, meaning they're not growing it on a farm. They're going out into the countryside and harvesting them off of the lands themselves. It is a lot harder to make a batch. Mm -hmm. So each batch might only be 300 bottles, 500 liters, very, very small. Really, really intriguing stuff. How much is this going to run me at my local liquor store? It's, it's line price with my tapazate and my tobala, so we should have probably increased the value a little bit, but when I came to market, pricing was already set, so it's gonna be line price with the other ones. So, so $95, like, $99. Wow, that is some really good stuff. As I guess. like it. It's really earthy, it's really minerally to me. You get this like slate, gravel kind of vibe on it in a good way, like in dark fruit, I'm getting some plum and dark chocolate with that kind of like wet earth, that petrichor. So Stephanie and Bambino are coming around with our third mark here. Thank it all. What is, this is the ensemble. Ensemble. So. This one's a fun one. Um, this is a mixture, if you will, of San Martin, Espadine, and Mexicano. So it's a blend and um, very elegant, very smooth, well-rounded. Finishes with a little bit of smoke, so. And who's the master mescalera on this one? Is this one that's overseen by your, your overall master It is Basio Pachio. We're very transparent with all of our information. It's all in the bottle there oh, from the batch, Basilo, the bottle. Basilo Pacheco. Pacheco? And yeah, BP is his initials on the bottle. Yeah. That's cool. So that's a good thing these days because we keep everyone honest in the agave industry. Um, we're very transparent with all the information, so the master distiller, the alcohol, the batch, the bottle, where it's from, it's all on there, and so is our certificate of mezcal, and that's really important to touch on because a lot of people don't have that these days, but it's the hologram sticker on our bottle, and that just says the agave comes from the place that we say it comes from. Oh, wow. So you guys really get down to the We get down to business, here. yeah. So right there on the side of the bottle, it says agave espadine. San Martin and Mexicano. Mm -hmm. It's bottled at 48.2 proof, I mean, 48.2%, mm -hmm. which is 99, 96% proof in there. This is bottled 1792 out of 2160 bottles. So only 2100 bottles made of this. Mm -hmm. And and that's, this is, when you think of ensembles, these are the more, um, sustainable marks. When you use espadine, you can grow espadine on a farm, but a lot of other varietals don't grow that well on a farm. The mezcal business is starting to change. They are trying to get starch to grow in different farms, but things like Tobala, Mexicano, that's still a challenge at this point. Maybe in 10 or 15 years, 
the market will have changed. But at this point, Esperin is the best kind of drink if you're concerned about sustainability because they can grow that on a farm. It's very easy to keep going. Those other varietals are kind of hit or miss in terms of how often they'll grow to full maturity. So what are you guys getting as you stick your nose in that glass, breathing gently through your mouth? Pine needles. Pine needles? I get a little cheesiness this, to this one too. Pignon? Okay, I get that there's a, like a nuttiness, like, I get that. What else, what are you getting? Vinegar. Apple cider, okay, okay. What are you guys getting back there? Lemon. So now tap some over your tongue and allow that experience to change. Sometimes your nose will lead you one way, your tongue will tell you something different. What are you getting on this one, Molly? You know, I love this one because it's super smooth. It ends really smoothly. You get a little pepper in the middle. Um, it's a really handsome blend, so that's why I personally like it a lot. It tastes out really well with a lot of my buyers. Oh, yeah. um, it's one to have because it's a, a mix at the end of the day, so it's a blend of agave. Yeah, definitely it's got a pepperiness and like I get a dark chocolate on it, really like caramel and dark chocolate, which is funny because none of these spirits that we're having tonight are barrel aged. And this is, is this a lower price point because it's the ensemble? This is lower, this would probably be 60s. Oh, so 60s. A nice little mezcal for the home bar. Very affordable at 60. But like they said, only 2,100 bottles. And that's with their biggest, is this the biggest uh, allocation out of all your mezcals? Um, no, I we've got a handsome amount of the Ensemble, Espadine, Tobola, Tepazate, San Martin now. Just the Dobodon's the one that's really, if you really like it, go out and buy it. Because we won't get a lot of that left. I'll steal okay. from other markets because I'm selling it, but um, we won't get much left after these 10 cases. Wow, only 10 cases. This is mind-blowing stuff. So Stephanie's coming around with our fourth mark. Yeah, so this is our San Martin now. So this is the one that's going to replace, at the end of the day, the Dobodon once we're out of it. Um, really elegant at the end of the day. I'm excited to see what you all pick up on it. Um, Who's the master mezcalero on this one? Great question. It is PB again. So the same one from... Vasilo uh, Pacheco. Yep. So same one from the previous mezcal, the ensemble. And do you know where this uh, palenque is located? This one's in La Noria, Ejutala, Oaxaca. Oh, this is all the Agave San Martin. So 100% Agave Santa Martin, bottled at 49.4%, so almost 100 proof. Again, from Basilo Pacheco. And this is bottle number 730 of 1,600. Uh, 1, so only 1,600 bottles here. Incredibly rare juice. So this is usually nine to 14 years old. Nine to, to 14. Any, you know, and we're gonna get a sense of like what this agave looks like here in a second. Okay, so Karwinski family, which is still a pretty wide varietal. Agave Karwinski, yep. Okay, so that's a family. So, so there's nine different agaves of that and this is one of them. Okay, wow, yeah. beautiful. So what are you guys getting as you top this over your tongue? Share your food words, please, yeah. Paint thinner. 
Bacon, all right. Everybody loves bacon. Well, I like, I like bacon-flavored tofu. Um, I mean, tempeh. Pear, apple, that's good. There's, I get a little ham. I smell like ham. Maybe ham and pear. Ham and pear, beef jerky. What did you have for dinner? Prosciutto, all right. Fried rice, okay. Yeah, Kim. Thing from this. I'm getting like a floral overnote and then like a faint funkiness of like camembert. Oh, say again? Camembert. Camembert. So like a cheesy note in there. And, and what kind of floral note are you getting there? A rose. So some rose and camembert. You and got tap it over your tongue. Miguel, what do you get on this one here? Wow, okay, so really intense. Maple syrup is a real intense sweetness to me. But that scotchiness, that's very interesting. That reminds me of like caramel, some caramel notes. But this is not barrel aged. So very interesting, very different. Wow, I'm getting like a glueiness. You said camembert, but for me, I'm getting like, it's like a starchiness and then like a cool phenolic, almost like a rubberiness. So I'm getting like, like glue and rubber and lemon and floral notes. That one's beautiful, I really dig that. The San Martin from Mezcal Marca Negra. Do you know how much that one runs at our local liquor store? Uh, probably around $80 a bottle. $80 a bottle. So Stephanie's coming around with our final mark of the evening, guys. Thank you. Okay, so what is this one, Molly? This is the Tepezate. Oh my. These are the smokier plants, if you will. Sometimes I don't use, like to use that word when speaking about mezcal, but the general public uses that word. Um, and who's the master mezcalero of this one? Francisco Mendez. Francisco Mendez. What is the name of the village that this is coming from? Uh, the area that it's coming from is San Luis del Rio. San Luis del Rio which is where the other Mendez is from. Oh, Pedro, I'm like a crazy detective. Bum, bum, bum. How does he do it? He figures it out. Two last names, same village. They're not very big. They might be cousins. I'm trying to connect the dots for you guys. So this one could take a long time to mature. As you stick your nose in this glass, what are you reminded of? Think of food words. Think of places that you've been. Think of experiences you've had. There's no wrong answers. Red chili, all right. Wow, it's really complex to me. I get like a pininess. I get like pine needles, gravel. Wow, this is a beautiful one. Yeah, Kim. The jicama, the lime, the cucumber, and the, ch and the chili pepper. Wow, that is amazing. It's, it's layered, it's specific. It's smoky, it's earthy. Peppery. Really an amazing one. Yeah, Petrichor for sure, wet earth. Wow. Really, really great stuff. Molly, are you guys looking forward? You said that some of your marks are going to be going away. Are you going to be bringing new marks to market as well? So the Dobadon, when that's done, the San Martin is replacing that one. Okay. So 
And but then they're are you going to be adding other villages to your collection here? I'm sure they will, yeah. They're very aware of the agave shortage, hence they have the different varietals and what have you in different regions. Can you talk about the agave shortage a little bit? What are you talking about? People are, you know, there's a mezcal craze right now. People love agave syrups, um, tequilas. There's a lot going on in the mezcal world where um, the reason why the certificate of mezcal is so important is because we say, hey, we got it from this place and it truly is from this place. A lot of producers aren't, aren't basically saying where it's from. So they're getting it from one place, but they're saying it's from another place. So we're just trying to keep everyone um, transparent and truthful and on the same page at the end of the day. Because also the tequila shortage, I mean, the tequila demand is so high that occasionally there's a, uh, a dearth of availability of Blue Weber agaves for the tequila industry. And because the tequila industry is, it far dwarfs the entire mezcal industry by far. Right. Like sometimes when they run out of agaves for certain brands of tequila, they buy from different producers in Oaxaca, which can cause even a bigger strain on the mezcal uh, production which was already having a hard time because they had no way to anticipate the demand that we were gonna have. Like everybody's into drinking mezcal now, but no one's farming it, or not that many producers are actually farming these different varietals. So what they can find in the wild is what they can get. And if you're asking these producers to do it in their traditional method, they're gonna do it in their traditional method, but that means you're not getting a lot of output. So this is extremely precious extremely special to the people of Oaxaca. And essentially the people of Oaxaca are giving up their traditional spirit so that we can enjoy this moment here. So we have to appreciate that as well. Stichibeu is what they say down in Oaxaca. So I will say Stichibeu to you here tonight. Thank you to Molly McGuire for coming out Thanks tonight. Thanks for from having Marconegra. me, highlight of my day. Yeah, Bye, Thank you everyone, appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like what you heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and review. The Spirit Guide Society is a Spirit Adventures production in association with Bitten from the Apple Productions. Special thanks to Tone Mesa for their post-production and audio services. The show is produced by Andrew Apple and me, Pedro Shanahan. Executive producer, Andrew Abrahamson. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spirit Guide SOC. We'll be there to answer any questions you have, share what we're drinking, and more. And if you're still thirsty, you can always find more episodes of the show wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to always drink responsibly. That means don't drink to forget, drink to remember.